Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> a gag, a spoof cast where I, Joshua Simon, a gay, anxious gremlin, and the human equivalent of an Aaron Sorkin hallway scene, <laughs> gag on some queer things and some horror things and some queer, horrible things like pursuing comedy during a pandemic. <laughs> um, my spoofer special guest today, here to gag with me on the Stepford Wives is the very, 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 very funny former Dutch comedian <laughs> and current zombie New Yorker comedian. Yeah, I'm dead. Ariel Dundas, hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> I mean, all things considered, great. I keep forgetting to, to like think about when I ask someone, how are you? How I feel when people ask me that question, <laughs> which is never great. Yeah, yeah. I'm never like, I'm great. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes, I, I don't know, I, for a while I used to get really upset at people who would just say fine. I was like, no, I really want to know. You're lying to me. <laughs> You've been lying since March. Stop lying. <laughs> no, I mean, like, even like before this, I was just like, no, but I really, I really want to know. I know other people just ask. That's I mean, true. you know. It's such a like, let's let me but but you're a comedian and comedians are just mm -hmm. like let's skip the small talk let's get into the fun stuff yeah yeah let's let's, let's cross boundaries and <laughs> right. if you're what not comfortable with it <laughs> as long as half the room is uncomfortable and the other half is laughing that's good right yeah 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 that counts it's when I mean, more than half of the room is uncomfortable <laughs> and that's why doing comedy live i think is important yeah yeah, uh, it really, it's helpful to get that feedback, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, has that, yeah. Been, has that been the most difficult part of doing Zoom comedy, is, is reading feedback? Yeah, I think Zoom is actually, cause so I sometimes do Instagram uh, live shows. Oh, okay. And in a way that's easier, because there's just like one host mm -hmm. on it with you. Mm -hmm. So you're not, like sometimes Zoom, you you're like expecting, still kind of expecting laughter and sometimes it comes. It's also, there's a, maybe a time delay. On there's the always, yes, there's, I, yeah. I know they say it's not, but there's <laughs> definitely a time delay or at least for some right. people because you'll get stragglers, right. but, and and you can like, you can always like do a, a, a straggler joke if someone like laughs late on a joke, but in a, in a, but I feel like that doesn't work in a Zoom room. You can't like right. You can't tag on to the straggling laughter like you can in a in a yeah because everybody isn't necessarily like paying that much attention. Yeah, you can't look at the sea of faces and 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 know that everyone's yeah. on the on the same wavelength with you like you can in a right. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, for sure. Have you done any of the outdoor shows? I've done outdoor I think technically I've only done mics. Book me on outdoor shows. I'm absolutely yes. uh yeah, no, do you know pay me money to do comedy. Uh <laughs> or not, if you just want to book me on a, a show and take advantage of my labor at this point, I'm okay with it. I mean uh, <laughs> stage time when stage time was abundant in live shows, it was hard to get. Now that stage time is uh, more yeah. precious than salt. <laughs> right. <Biblical> salt. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but I've done, I've done a few outdoor mics. And I yeah. Think, I think outdoor is, is fun. I mean, you can, as long as you reference the fact that you're doing 
jokes outside and it's really awkward like if you can be self like if you're just standing in the middle of a field pretending that you're in a basement at a club I don't think (laughs) I don't think it's gonna work the same way yeah I mean it definitely doesn't work also like uh you know there's just so many distractions and then there are people yeah you got to compete with birds yeah no for sure and squirrels yeah and and squirrels are innately so much funnier than humans oh for sure (laughs) We could they never write a joke even... as good as a squirrel just existing. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not even trying. And they're, like, beating us at our game. Oh, eating their little nuts, like, it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to compete with squirrels for fucking stage time <laughs> in Central Park. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, you moved to New York right before um, life ended? Yeah, yeah. Is that uh, true? From another country or from? Yes, <laughs> from, from Amsterdam from in Amsterdam. the Netherlands. Yes. Yeah. Um, to new Amsterdam. I, I'm sure you've yeah. heard that joke plenty of times. I mean, not as, I think it deserves more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does. I like it a lot. Maybe people just don't know, especially New Yorkers. They don't give a shit what New York used to be called. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a, so much gatekeeping in New York about, like, who's a New Yorker and who's... And I mean, I'm definitely not. Like, I don't have to worry about this yet. I love that people are still, like, infighting about who's a real New Yorker when the rest of the country is like, no, New York's dead because yeah. an article in the New York Post said it or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, if, if I like, I don't know, somehow transported into my body from like, well, I mean, even, even from February to now, I guess I would be like, I guess that pandemic was more serious (laughs) than we thought it was. Like, Like, I would figure it out. Isn't (laughs) New York one of the first places where they're actually thinking that herd immunity is forming? Because it was one of the first major uh, pandemic zones. Right. And now that it, and because it's still such a, a compact city, like it's way more compact than LA or Chicago or oh, any yeah, other sure. city. I think that's one of the reasons that herd immunity, like supposedly grew faster in New York. And meanwhile, the rest of the right. country's like, New York thinks it's so great. It's dead forever. And New Yorkers <laughs> are like, we're still living here? Yeah. And I mean, like, I, you know, I can get I can get a margarita. I can choose whether or not to drink it in a parking space or the park. Like it's I that sounds sarcastic, but it really is fine. Like So like you'd rather people think that New York is dead because the fewer people that are like just showing up taking up space in, in that city, the better. I mean, a lot of the people I again I'm also like I showed Fairly up in new, January. Right, right. I like I think I think I have to be a gentrifier. I mean, I'm in the West Village right now, so I I think that has already happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like, what damage could you do that hasn't already been done to NYU? <laughs> exactly. It's not, uh, it's not much. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? Um, but like, it's interesting that it's all like it's all the rich white people who had summer homes who are like. Who are like, yeah, New York's dead. Yeah, because I'm, I'm in Connecticut now. 
Yeah, yeah. Or even like Florida. Like, what do you know? Like, I, know. I am very <laughs> hesitant to listen to anything coming out of Florida ever since. <laughs> Ever since I saw their governor put that mask on sideways, <laughs> and then instead of saying "oopsie, I made a mistake," he was too—he was too white man governor of Florida to just admit he was wrong. <laughs> so he just kept the mask on sideways the whole damn time. <laughs> it made me never want to enter I mean, the state of Florida, <laughs> and I have yeah. little family members there, and I'm like, "Sorry, can't can't I visit." Do- I have a lot of family from New Jersey. I, I okay. I'm gonna tell this story. To... Oh sure, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell this story, but I don't know if it's gonna be interesting. I've tried to tell it several times, and it's never interesting. But I think it's interesting. And if it's uninteresting, you can cut it out. Or you know, not. maybe know. it works on a podcast. Doesn't work in a Zoom comedy show. Works in Central Park. Yes. Doesn't work on Instagram. There are so many platforms <laughs> to try jokes now. <laughs> doesn't work as a tweet (laughs) oh it definitely it's too long for a tweet but one time I uh like I had been visiting New Jersey and it's a long story but I'd like had to stay longer in New Jersey than I anticipated New York or like down down into like central or south Jersey it in between those two places like on the shore uh but like in December, it, but anyway, so uh, I was like going out to dinner. I was like back in Amsterdam and I was going out to dinner with a friend. She was from America and her parents were visiting and they like paid for dinner. And they were like, I mean, after you had to spend two weeks in New Jersey, it's the least we could do. And I was like, you guys are from Florida. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, though, probably it's nicer to live in Florida. It's, like, warmer and stuff. I don't know. You have to pump I, like, your own gas. Every time I'm in New Jersey, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't get out of my car. It's very awkward because I, it, I, is that the only state where you can't actually pump yeah. your own gas? <laughs> I, so Oregon changed it very recently. I actually don't know if they've, like, officially implemented the change. Like, you used to have, you used to have to pay somebody to pump your gas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a, like even as like I don't know. I remember as like a five year old being like, "What?" And my uncle was my grandpa being like, "It's so that they can protect jobs." And being like, "These I mean, the jobs we need." You to don't protect. even. You don't even. Um, I think they're not only allowed to accept tips or anything, right? It, like they're paid. So. <laughs> they're unionized. <laughs> it's. It's like oh okay, so this yeah. is how to unionize correctly. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I mean it works apparently. Um, I don't know pandemic wise what's going on with that. I don't know, but well, I guess you know it works better because you don't even like leave your car. Yeah, and they wear face masks or, or or face shields or anything, and it's it's like New Jersey was ahead of the curve when it came to like no contact <laughs> uh, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in the final that's... stage of capitalism: no contact curbside capitalism. <laughs> The curb. <laughs> yes, curbside capitalism. I wonder if somebody has already coined that term. Some, I, yeah. Some Roxanne Gay or 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 somebody. I don't know. Um, <laughs> people who are much better at words than I am. <laughs> you came from the Netherlands, and it how if you mind me asking, how does it feel knowing that they will not allow you to come back right now? 
I mean, so so technically, they they will allow me as an individual. Ah, okay, but, but you have to uh, quarantine or. Yeah, and I mean, like I've like, I was just like everybody should just stay still where they are. Yeah, no, that that feels. Be, yeah. That was uh, yeah. that was a that was a good plan. I think I I feel like. <laughs> Well, considering what's happened in New York, like who knows? I'm I'm out here in Maryland, like I don't know. Um, no clue what's happening. Uh, I get to go on walks. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in Manhattan. You can go on walks. Okay, great. <laughs> I I think the prevailing narrative though is that no country outside of the U.S. will allow us in right now, and they're all looking at us like, "What the hell are you?" doing but if you talk to people outside of the u.s they they are mostly like yo what the hell are you doing yeah <laughs> have no, you spoken to people uh, internationally oh, yeah, no. it's it's crazy uh like i mean it's also just like i mean i don't one of the stupidest things i ever said when talking about uh covid uh specifically uh like when like so it's just like, yeah, it's a it's a globalized world and nothing can happen that will change that. And like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like also, like, it's not like Trump's... Pr- I mean, first of all, if Trump had done... Or, you know, Kushner had done Fucking the plan. anything. Yeah, I mean, anything. like, they literally... Like, just in order to save Americans, we could travel. But also, they don't care about traveling. But also... They don't care about killing They got Americans. their own planes. <laughs> They're like, why doesn't everyone just take their own plane to ever... Just get a plane. Yeah. Just get your own plane. <laughs> everyone can have a plane. I don't understand what the problem is. Get rich, get a right. plane. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think it's also just like, I don't know. Uh, They're in yeah, over their heads. I, they have yeah, no yeah, idea what yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, but also like Kushner, I mean, not to like harp on this but they came up with a plan and then decided not to implement it because they thought only democrats were going to get in trouble like they like like let's like they kill people because they were just like eh. uh. and then you know you know guess what it spread out of blue states like that happens if you don't <laughs> it's a national strategy anyway i uh, can't believe that exactly what all the scientists said was going to happen happened right uh, because yeah, the no, government just said no no science no yeah no, thank you. i mean it's i mean it's like i don't know it's so weird that it's politicized i also like oh yeah it's wild it that me... wearing a mask to protect other human beings is now like a political issue of freedom rather than one of human decency right and it, i don't know it's like so interesting to see people who don't believe in my right to choose like co-opt that language where you're like you said the literal exact opposite (laughs) about my uterus two days ago right and like yeah it's i don't know and it's not i had a this is just the (laughs) what is a diaphragm but a mask for your uterus that prevents (laughs) that prevents disease such as pregnancy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Disease such as pregnancy. Oh, love it. Um, <laughs> right. Wear I a mean, mask, it's people. Not, 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's different because, yeah. People are refusing reasons. to wear masks in Costco, and they're putting it on Instagram and saying that it's because Jesus was also hated when he refused to wear a mask in Costco. I'm like, Jesus died at 33. Do you want to do the same for an even <laughs> dumber reason? <laughs> Good Lord. And it was this, I remember seeing uh, this comedian, Ryan Leach, posted that picture of this like beautiful woman in Costco, like very Instagram model, like holding, I don't know, her, the frozen salmon that she just picked up in bulk and is not wearing a mask. And she's like, yes, I'm in Costco. Yes, I'm not wearing a mask. No, I'm not going to quarantine. And I know people will hate me for it. And then she goes into this whole uh, scripture like he was hated when he went into the valley of Costco. I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then Ryan Leach was like, you know, it's funny how dumb people can be really good at quoting scripture and co-opting <laughs> it for whatever dumb thing. Right. They yeah. Do. And they literally have no other tool. So right. that's why they're like science. Boo. Words in an old yeah. book. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're also just like, I don't know, being manipulated. It, and I mean, like... They are it's being not, manipulated. Yeah. By ancient, so, ancient tactics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy... I don't know if you saw the guy who... Uh, or one of the guys who shot Bin Laden. Uh, like, did you see this? No, I didn't. He, he took a picture on a, a plane oh. without a mask. And he was like, I'm... Like, literally, I think he was like, I'm not a pussy. And then I think and shooting like, Osama bin Laden kind of <laughs> circumvented anyone calling you a pussy. I don't think you have to get a virus to prove that. <laughs> right. And then, like, eventually he had to take the picture down because his wife made him. Good. <laughs> but also, he, like, got, like, he, also, he like, can't dodge he was, every bullet. <laughs> like, like, literally, that picture, like, he, he had to be wearing a mask to get on the plane. He just, like, waited till the stewardess was gone and, like, took the picture and posted it. Oh my Twitter. god, you're and right. What a pussy. <laughs> right? Like, he had to sneak away from a flight attendant. What a brave man. Yeah, and now he's banned from flying on Delta. And he's like, he's like, and I think he said something like, we didn't take Delta That's or really wear funny. masks to kill Bin Laden. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Delta, Delta's flying you to Bin Laden's compound in, in Islamabad. <laughs> No, uh, that was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Del so does Delta fly to Karachi? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might fly to Karachi. I don't think they're like dropping you off. I don't think they're dropping you <laughs> off in the desert between Afghanistan and Pakistan. I don't know. I mean, it's just, oh, I don't man. know. That is yeah. wild that, that it's, you know, it's also like if you're an American hero. Right. That, that that the American hero narrative has always been foisted on people who do these like manly things or these right. or these things that n are like not really that smart, but they get it. <laughs> but they think that they're too manly to be smart. I don't understand when it became yeah. unmanly or feminine to just use common sense. Well, I mean, have you, I, I've literally only read the headline, but I've read it several times. Have you heard about James Blunt? I did read that headline. I, <laughs> I, I read it like five times. Could not make sense of it. Did not read the article. 
he ate too much meat? What happened? He stopped eating fruits and vegetables, and then he got scurvy. And the diet he was on was specifically to, like, I don't know, up his masculinity or something. By, and you're just like... By, by foregoing vitamin C. Right. It's just Vitamin like, C. C stands for... <laughs> I don't know. C stands for bad cuck. word for yeah. C stands for cuck. I'm not taking that vitamin cuck, turning into a woman. Oh man, I yeah. can't believe James Blunt wrote one of the best love songs and then decided that it was too um, girly. So he, <laughs> so he ate meat until he became diseased. Yeah, he's like a pirate. Oh my! I, I know he's people are. People are getting fucking pirate diseases because they're trying to be manlier. That is wild. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> trying to live uh, like cavemen doing the paleo diet. <laughs> trying to live like yeah. pirates getting scurvy all the time. Right. It's just, I don't know, like, <laughs> the gender of the mask is also just, like, it's crazy that they're just like, oh, I'm not a woman. I don't wear a face mask. Like what? Like this was not. This is not a gen. Like we weren't wearing them. Like that's the other think? thing. He, it's like we weren't wearing a mask when we killed Bin Laden. Like, well, you were there to murder him. First of all, <laughs> like, I don't like think you have not. you have his blood in your mouth right now. I think. I think it's a little bit. I don't think you need to like worry about giving him a, a disease. Also, it wasn't during a pandemic. Like the right, like, you didn't no. you didn't kill you didn't kill Bin Laden during the f influenza like outbreak yeah. of eighteen. You yeah. killed him. You <laughs> killed him in the middle of a war zone. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird though. I remember when Bin Laden died. I was living in New York City, and there were celebrations in the street, and mm -hmm. you know there were the there were the everyone was celebrating, but every few hundred takes was like hey guys we shouldn't be celebrating someone's death even if they're like the worst human being alive right we really shouldn't be celebrating death of any kind yeah and part of me back then wanted to agree with it but then there's the part of me that wakes up every morning during the pandemic and actively prays for the death of at least three men <laughs> like every morning yeah. i hope i hope some of these guys die today yeah and i mean like I like I re I remember I was maybe I don't know, I wrote something on like Facebook like I would have preferred a trial or something and then <laughs> <laughs> I don't I was just like I don't know like what kind of trial I thought they were gonna give but but anyway right. like you know and <laughs> then what a person. She was like, well, you know, at least they're not like the shepherds who are like stuck in Guantanamo Bay for, you know, like the people who are innocent, you know. And you're like, yeah, good, I guess it's not point. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know, like we could do neither of them. But anyway, like, I, you know. It's we could do neither. <laughs> oh, man. No, I feel like, you know, Obama was the one who was like, we got him. Yeah. And then, and then like Republicans were like, we still don't like you like he literally killed the guy that republicans hate the most and i don't remember how but i'm sure they found a reason to like 
say that George Bush did it instead or like right. it was thanks to the work of Republicans that they were able to do it but it, it's just right. so wild that that it's weird that they would politicize yeah. that but now we see people politicizing literally wearing masks so right. it's like I or, guess um, yeah I guess you can politicize anything now fucking yeah anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh we're here to talk about a movie um <laughs> I kept thinking, like, during our talk about, like, oh, toxic masculinity and fleeing, yeah, no, and fleeing the city for the suburbs. I'm like, this will segue real nicely into Stepford Wives, <laughs> but we never do it. It's fine. <laughs> but why did you choose Stepford Wives as your film? Um, so I'm not, like, a huge horror aficionado. Like, I, and I have always liked uh, Stafford Weiss and then also I like talking about like feminism and mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that's, I don't know I mean I, like it's this... that's another th thing that's like interesting is like online you'll say like you could say something about like Stafford Wives is about fem like fem has feminist themes and somebody yeah. on Twitter will show up and just be like it's no. just a movie and you're like oh, no right. <laughs> Right. It's just a movie. Why are you interpreting it? <laughs> yeah. And Stop. You're like, 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 it's literally about like women the being turned into robots. We're supposed to read into it. <laughs> yeah. There's a novel. We could read that too. And yeah. And you could just be like, it's just a book. But you're supposed to interpret yeah. it. Like, what the fuck does that even mean, Twitter? It's just a, a friend, movie. Yeah. yeah, a friend of mine, like, had a tweet go viral where he was talking about uh, how Superman is, like, a metaphor for, uh, like, the immigration net narrative, which is, oh. like, it absolutely... And, yeah, and, I like, see that. And, and, and everybody was like, just read comic books, nerd. What are you trying to interpret that? Like, I was just like... Right. <laughs> Comic books have never been used politically or metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, 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 no. There's People nothing. People have been trying to communicate a, a, a message through art before. Definitely ever. no deeper meaning in Batman right. or <laughs> none of that. Yeah. Lex Luthor is definitely not like a a a, a, cor a metaphor for corporate greed. Of course not. Why would he be? <laughs> He's just a bald guy. <laughs> He's just a bald guy who goes, grr, Superman, right. I want him dead because yeah. I'm bald. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing that that's why Lex Luthor was mad at Superman, because Superman made him go bald. And as a bald myself, I'm like, I can just blame one dude? Where is he at? I'll kill him. Turns out it was my father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I scheduled next Sunday. I'm going to fight him in a field, see what happens. Okay. Maybe my hair will grow back. <laughs> um, speaking of weird notions of masculinity, uh, Walter, this husband from yeah. Stepford Wives, gives a bad name to bald husbands everywhere. <laughs> this guy fails every step of the way to be like a good partner to yeah. <laughs> his wife, to Joanna, our lead. Mm -hmm. He literally moves her to a new city, to a new state without really consulting her. And I guess, yeah, it was 1975. 
I suppose mm-hmm. that happens a lot, and I suppose it happens even more often before the 70s when, right. you know, the cult of domesticity was finally dying off and, and women were finally, you know, re-entering the workplace after they were pushed out post-World War II. Right. And, but but to me, like, if my, I remember writing down, like, my husband bought a cake stand without asking me, and I got so mad at him if he (laughs) and then in this movie she says you already put a down payment on the house by the time you brought it up to me i (laughs) if if my husband told me that our next conversation would be in a lawyer's office like i would be beyond livid can you imagine somebody putting a down payment on a house if you're married to them (laughs) without consulting you it's crazy and yeah and the idea that that happened all the time right. in the 70s and before is wild. Right. And in that conversation, there's, she's also specifically like, you keep pretending to ask me. That's right? like even said, worse. You, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like, she's you're like, lying. You, you asked me about Stepford, but you'd already put a down payment on a house. And yeah. you're like, what? And this happens in the beginning of the movie. So we know that, right. you know, that. The stakes are already very high, and I think that's good right. because then it gets into an even more insanely right. bizarre and and uh, sinister right. plot. Of course, now right. it's famous that the Stepford wives are, you know, these replaced women. The men are replacing the women of, of mm-hmm. Stepford with these perfect little housewives, and what a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really is terrifying. I... <laughs> I think it's an underrated scary movie the idea that your own yeah. husband is plotting against you like this I don't think it's a coincidence well of course it's not a coincidence the same author who wrote the novel Rosemary's Baby also mm-hmm. wrote the novel that this movie is based on Ira Levin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I haven't read either of the books neither have I um but I noticed that an awful lot of straight men were involved in the writing and directing mm-hmm. of this movie. Um, all of yes. all of the people involved. Yes. Uh, William Goldman mm-hmm. apparently wrote the script. Um, he's a well-known screenwriter. And then the director, Brian Forbes, basically rewrote Goldman's script to the point that he wanted his name taken off of it. Right. So at the end of the day, all of the creative choices were the director's. Brian right. Forbes's, I think. And... Yeah. So now that there's like, now that we know that there's like basically one straight white man (laughs) calling the shots of this movie, does it make it more or less feminist to you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, probably less, but at the same time, when you watch it, you really do feel like, um, just like the oppression of the suburbs. Yeah. And like... I mean, one thing that's sort of interesting is she's, so the, our protagonist is a photographer. Yes. And, uh, she's an artist and he doesn't right. take what she does seriously. And it's pretty obvious right. from the get go. Right. And it's also sort of like implied that like she's, hasn't been pursuing photography because she's, she's got two been kids. being a wife. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah uh and yeah so i think it's already like like the oppression has already like the like 
And I, I see this so often now in couples today where like everybody, every, each couple is like making decisions that make the most sense for that couple. But the decision mm -hmm. always seems to be that the women should careers need to take the backseat, you know? And even though they were like, no, it's just what makes sense for our family. If you look at it on a macro level, yeah. every family is like making that same decision. Um, yes. Yeah. And it's always like kind of questionable when a woman is choosing career over family and she's like, no, I'm trying to balance both. And they're like, no, 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 right. you can't do that. Right. The idea that taking care of children, taking care of a household, cleaning, cooking, doing laundry, the idea that this is not work, but mm -hmm. rather a responsibility of the women and it's their role in society to do this mm -hmm. is basically a lie that has, because it is work. It's, it takes right, time. Yeah. It takes effort. It takes energy. And I think, you know, patriarchal societies had to cultivate this lie, which became known as the cult of domesticity. Mm -hmm. So that women would would not question the fact that they were being made to work for free while their husbands got to pursue careers of, you know, passion, their passion or money making. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, men were just businessmen or lawyers, but it, it was always like odd that women didn't have the choice. And right. I think this film is is supposedly like revealing that like taking down the curtain of all that the whole cult right. of domesticity thing but there there were arguments in 1975 until today whether or not this movie is is good for feminism and good for women who want to pursue careers or whether it's bad because it's this story about a cookie cutter suburb full of beautiful women who just do housework and mm. like feminists did protest this film saying that it's bad to show women in such subservient roles but then right. if you watch the movie the point is not oh look at how great it is that these women are in subservient right. roles <laughs> it's a horror movie right and I, I mean i think it's very like critical exactly of that criticism <laughs> yeah uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I think if I could get rid of, like, one form of activism, it would be uh, protesting a movie before you've seen it, because we still do. <laughs> I mean, at, you said a guy's tweet went viral, and immediately people were like, stop questioning my favorite thing. People right. are so ready to to just hop on a bandwagon of protest right. of hatred for something at a surface level before they even do the most cursory of research right like someone tried to cancel a trans comedian the other day for making a joke that like jk rowling was cool and i'm like mm. they are a trans stand-up comedian knowing mm. that should give mm. you some idea that they are joking like mm. just do just do some research Sorry. Right. Yeah. I'm still I'm still sore about that silly silly right. Twitter <laughs> thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not I mean I have a lot of fun on Twitter, but it's also a terrible, terrible place. Terrible place. Terrible. Awful. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's very conflicted feelings about it. 
Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's aspirational. I don't think it's like, here's how you right. turn women into to zombies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, this is secretly what men want. I think, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this is too much of a diversion, but one of the things I keep thinking about is there's a scene early on in the movie where he's just joined the men's club. Yes. And he's... And he says, no girls allowed. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Um, sorry. Uh, but he he's also, like, he comes home and he's, like, crying. And he's like, I love you. And... <laughs> yeah, not like, a red flag at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I lo- yes, Walter, come to bed. Um, but, uh, like, I, I, I do think there's also this pressure uh, that men have to want the perfect wife. Mm-hmm. to have like as like and i think what's happened there is like they've told him what what he has to do and he's like struggling conflicted. with it which i mean like i mean like if you're being conflicted you're like still the biggest piece yeah you're of already shit wrong like if there's even a question <laughs> when they're like we're going to we're going to replace your wife but she'll be she won't be your wife, but she'll be hot and she'll clean your house. And he's like, oh no, do I want a human wife or a clean kitchen? What do I do? Oh, should I pick up a sponge or murder my wife? I don't know. It's bonkers. You're right. right. You are so right. But at, the, but at the same time, I do think there's like, that's, um, yeah, again, not I'm not I'm not standing Walter. Or anything. <laughs> no, but you're right. There there is some conflict. Right. I just wish I, that there was more. <laughs> I mean, like just you he just, caved too easily. For yeah. Me. No. I mean, like the first time they're like, so we're gonna kill your wife and we're gonna replace her with a robot, but uh, she'll be really good at faking orgasms. Right. So like, <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, the amount of real dolls that are being sold. <laughs> now in this day and age is like oh oh maybe this wasn't such a weird foreboding future (laughs) people are legitimately like i'd rather just buy a woman yeah (laughs) and they're making male real dolls people are just buying the perfect uh sex partner now (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess it does still feel like you'd have to do all of the work but i know uh... like you have to program what type of like that pharmacist who programmed his wife to have earth shattering orgasms the minute he touched her nips like okay yeah like that that seems like you're really trying to compensate for something i will say i did find it really funny that that was like such a clue that something was going yeah, the, on the pharmacist was <laughs> ugly i love it yeah he's an ugly man he's ugly and, and she's not <laughs> and and she still managed to orgasm something is very wrong and I was like, have you seen the size of his mustache? He might know. <laughs> he might be a good old chimney sweep, if you know what I mean. Like, right, yeah. Saying. <laughs> I mean, that's don't not knock what the mustache. Was going on, but it is. Of course really not. Weird. <laughs> it's really weird that that was like yes. so alarming to them. So alarming like, to them. Like, he's good in bed and unattractive. <laughs> I bet you that like a straight man saw this movie in the 70s and was like, oh, I better create like a series of sitcoms where a fat ugly man has a hot <laughs> wife so that people don't think this shit is weird anymore <laughs> better get kevin james on the phone and 
That is, I mean, not to bring up the remake, but that is a line in the remake where, like, Bette Midler is like, isn't it weird that all of these women are hot and all of the men are nerds? It's a point and for she's, the remake. <laughs> she's like, not for me. And she goes, why? And she goes, well, I work in television. <laughs> um, Bette Midler's performance in the remake, uh, which we can totally get into, um, is gay rights. Okay. Um, <laughs> To me, and there is also a gay character in the remake. There yes. are no, there are no explicitly queer people in this one, but I yeah. think, but I think the reason that this movie became and it is pretty much a classic among queer horror lovers, mm-hmm. horror, horror, horror. Yeah, it's well, a hard word to say. Should have, should have thought about that before I started the podcast. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I think it's because you were saying that the men wanted these trophy wives as a as a symbol of their heteronormative masculinity like right. hot wives that they get to trot around at these pool parties are are a mm-hmm. status symbol of their just supreme manliness and i think right. the idea that women were going out and and pursuing careers and the men were being forced to <gasps> babysit the kids once in a while (laughs) babysit right was or cook or clean or do anything that was for women was Mm -hmm. such a severe attack on their on their straightness on their manliness that the only option for these suburban men was to just start murdering (laughs) yeah just start a secret murder club of robot scientists from Disney. From Disney. Know. Oh man, yeah. when they brought Disney, when they brought Disney under the umbrella of <laughs> of shitty like patriarchal <laughs> organizations, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why are all the Disney princesses like forced to marry, or or why are they all like until Frozen they right. all just want a man? And even in even in Frozen, I just watched Frozen too, and I couldn't help but notice that their eyeballs are bigger than their necks. <laughs> That's not a. That's not how bodies look. <laughs> yeah, no. But then again, it's, not... it's Disney. It's this right, heightened yeah. reality that we've come right. to expect. We expect these big eyes and these. Right. It, there's no. There's no. Uh, there's no body. Var- variation among the Disney princesses. There was hardly ever right. any racial variation. Right. And I mean, like, yeah. And, th- and that's and reflected the one- in the whiteness of Stepford, Connecticut in this movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, yeah. I mean, yeah. And uh, except that there is a black couple just moved in. Yes. A black couple moves yeah. in and they make a point of like one old lady who like lived <laughs> through segregation to be like, isn't that, um, isn't that great? I think that's great. Think isn't that great? great? It's great. And I- she's like, who are you trying to convince, lady? <laughs> she's like, it's great. I think it's great. Like, right? She starts sure. questioning it. <laughs> no, it's great. It's. Great. I'm glad they included because these these suburbs were planned communities, and they were right. designed for the white people who were fleeing the city to get away from, mm-hmm. you know, coded words like crime and drugs, which were really just fancy ways of saying we're afraid of all the minorities that live here now. Right. And yeah. so white flight was famously these these white families leaving for the suburbs even though the men were still driving back into the city to do their jobs and to right. see mistresses yeah that too uh um, so i'm glad they included white flight in this uh narrative right. in this movie and i mean it, 
Shall we talk about the ending or not, we not yet? We're over halfway. I think we can safely go into spoiler territory now. Okay. Yeah. I um, mean, so, downer. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the last, I remember the, like, uh, the last scene as being iconic, but I didn't remember there's yes, a, the, that, that black couple being there, which is, it's just right, right. All, all of the robots. Um, mm-hmm. Just walking through the grocery store. Or saying, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Hi, how are you? I'm My fine. My husband and I were doing that all night, just going, hi, Janet. <laughs> hi, Barbara. <laughs> hi, Carol. Hi, Anastasia. <laughs> hi, Alan. Just, like, started saying yes. names. Fun game. And th- Fun yeah. And <laughs> it is a, that's a good bet. We should bring that back. We should. Better than shaking hands. Uh but like in that in that sequence, I'd forgotten this. You see the black couple, mm-hmm. and the man is like mad at his wife because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to. And I mean, I, to me, that's all about like graduating into whiteness by like adopting, like, by assimilating. These, yeah, yeah, patriarchy. Yeah. Recently, like, they celebrated um, the women's right to vote, and people were like, hundred years ago, women got the right to vote. Women got the right to vote hundred years ago, and a lot of people had to say. Just white women, don't forget. Yeah. White women, white women only. And I feel like, I feel like it was helpful for like these suburban communities to get non-white right. people to assimilate into patriarchy, right? Because that, at the end of the day, is more helpful, I guess, to <laughs> them than uh, preserving like archaic racial hierarchies. They're like, right. ooh, what if we get the, what if we get non-white people to assimilate too? Scary. <laughs> And there's also, um, you know, the the power of tokenism of like yes, yes. of getting like uh, one exemplary, right? Like I, person, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to name names or anything, but like Oprah, in arguments <laughs> I've had with family in recent has often months, been like, but Oprah black women are fine because Oprah, and it's like no, that's yes, one yeah, woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like yeah, okay. Um, yeah, uh, so I think that's valuable. It's also, like, so much, like, gender, enforced gender boundaries. Uh, ah, I can't talk. Uh, come no, from, fine. like, colonialism. Come they from, do. like, they do. white people coming into, like, cultures that or maybe more accepting had, like, less rigid hierarchies mm-hmm. or, like, just different hierarchies and, like, imposing this, like, single you know racist patriarchal yeah i think it all does trickle back to that like you know people will say in um the ideal woman wasn't always thin or uh with like a thin waist and large breasts like if you look at fertility symbols from non-white cultures large women were always like preferred or right the idea of women's hair on top of their head supposing to look a certain way is the reason that you know there's such a racist uh culture around black women's hair is this idea that hair is supposed to look this way um like white stringy you know (laughs) yeah hair is supposed to look like white lady hair and and body hair too like no body hair women have to look like they're 12 years old from the, the belly button down forever. Right, I don't know where yeah. that fucking came from, but probably I mean, white yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're all, 
Sorry. Your point is that the, I, I'll, it's not your fault. I'm not frustrated with you. <laughs> You're frustrated it's with just, colonialism, as you should. It's appropriate. Yeah, just like, like just white supremacy and patriarchy, uh, and yeah. they they really feed into each other. I think. Um, definitely, definitely. Right, but yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> what you said about Oprah being used as this uh, as this kind of token. Um, reminds me of a sh- of a movie I watched just the other day called Disclosure, which is about trans okay. representation in media. And mm-hmm. Laverne Cox is arguably one of the most famous trans women of color out there. And she says, look, I am so appreciative of my platform, but if I'm the only one prospering while the rest of, while all the other trans women of color are still struggling, then that is not success. Progress right. is being made, but I don't want to be used as just the singular example of a right. successful trans woman of color. If we all can't succeed, none of us can. And and right. he made that point several times throughout this mm-hmm. uh, documentary. Highly recommend disclosure. I've uh, I've heard good things. I I've been meaning to watch it. They even say in that in that film that trans women have been accused of heightening their femininity and like trying to play into these outdated archetypes of of womanhood and that's one of the reasons that trans exclusionary feminism started because Mm -hmm. these feminists were saying you know by co-opting womanhood and making it all you know you know all svelte and glamorous all you're doing is playing into the narrative of you know, mm-hmm. this domestic housewife, and they're saying, no, I just like to be a woman. And I think yeah. that's reflected in this movie, too, how idealized these women's bodies become. Right. And, uh, like, it's just how, very early on in the movie, uh, they meet, like, a, a neighbor lady, mm-hmm. and the, like, Walter, the one who plays like, tennis? No, not oh no, no the uh, one of one one of the original Stepford yes, wives. Yes, she's already like converted. The, she's already converted, and uh, Walter says to her husband, "Like really good job. Like he did anything. Like he did it right. His, his wife is <laughs> real great sculpting around the, around yeah, the shoulders. Yeah. There, great shoulders. Yeah, on. I mean, like yeah. What, what is he? What I mean, is I he complimenting? That we say that. Yeah, like yeah, maybe he literally was like, "Wow, did you design?" Did you design this neck yourself? Yeah. What a great neck. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Because when they're I, drawing also, the women, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. It's like a group project, right? Like, there's, like, yes, the they're guy. they're all in on it. So gay. <laughs> <laughs> all these men just hanging out, talking about fucking their wives and probably taking yeah. their dicks out. I don't know. I've never been in a, <laughs> I've never been in a men's association that doesn't end with a lot of dicks I mean, being taken out. <laughs> <laughs> personal experience for me you know yeah i mean you, you would know better than i would <laughs> it's true i have been invited to more men's only functions than ariel i think that's a safe assumption yeah no, uh yeah. haven't always gone <laughs> but i have been in i have been in plenty of rooms where straight men think that only other straight men can hear them and it is, right. and you know, uh, it was often in college and in, and in the years after college when these boys are still young and pretty stupid. So 
the things that I would hear straight men say about women when they think that no women will hear of it mm-hmm. is, is astounding to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys think saying this at all is okay just because women aren't present? That's mm-hmm. when I learned that, that, that men, will, men will choose like camaraderie among other men over, over, uh, over like women almost mm-hmm. all the time until they yes. fucking learn better and they can learn they can learn to respect women but it's just amazing right. how quickly that respect would go out the window when i was just around a bunch of rowdy drunk boys who right because you know, they were in their 20s were like all i want to do is sex with ladies <laughs> that's that's literally I mean, all that's on their mind yeah and why mean, wouldn't they grow up into into these asshole right. suburban dads right and i mean like you know also i just wonder like because she has she has two daughters and i like yes. it's like really interesting to see like i mean what does walter want for them exactly for his girls like, does he That's want them very to grow scary into, to think like, about stepford wives organically or is he like totally cool with like some men marrying them and then killing them and placing i'm gonna assume not but i don't know oh man Um, there are a bunch of like made for tv sequels and and stuff i think there's one about called the stepford children i think interesting have not seen it have not but that's terrifying to think about what's going to happen to his daughters yeah i mean like being raised by a robot is not it's not good for you which is like one Mm. of the things that's like i think maybe also one of the messages because like he keeps saying he he just wants somebody to like look after the kids raise the kids right and And she's like i've been raising the kids you could fucking help me and he's like no no i'd rather uh (laughs) i what you said about the daughters reminds me of all those times that that men um, especially like celebrities and politicians will mm-hmm. invoke their own daughters, wives, mothers, sisters, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, to say how they came, uh, they came to be feminists. They'll be like, when I look at my daughters and I think of somebody else telling them what to do with their bodies, which is, it's good that they that these men come around, but it also feels icky when they have to relate it to their own families, and that's just something that do you ever feel like when men invoke their daughters it's kind of icky yeah for their like feminism it also like so whenever anybody says um like she was a daughter or something when they're and people get really upset about it I I'm of two minds because I get that she was an individual but we are Mm. also like social creatures and people have been talking about soldiers as like mother's sons for forever and nobody's oh, like yeah. Don't you do called that. her you you called him a mother's son he was a man like <laughs> that would be like a very strange reaction to it but i mean and then there's like two categories of men who like invoke their daughters one uh well maybe three uh mm-hmm. one is like uh, the man who has seems to have genuinely grown, but is like struggling to. But like, it was only interested in it when it involved like somebody who he loved, as opposed to just like fifty percent someone of yeah. human beings. 
Yeah. And then there are people who like, kind of use it as cover. Like, I remember... Like, I want to protect my daughters, and that's why right. I don't want trans people to use the bathroom. Right. Or something, or, like, weird and underhanded. Right. Or, like, or like the Ben Shapiro... I don't know if you saw Ben Shapiro's that oh, tweet. Did I? Oh, did I? Oh, oh, <laughs> Admitting no, that talking... you've never made your wife horny. <laughs> You're not so talking crazy. about that. You're not talking about that tweet. I'm not, I'm not talking about that tweet, but that, that, that tweet was beautiful uh, uh, you're talking about the, the original no it was a different tweet he was just like i asked my daughter if she wanted to be a mother or a, a career woman and she said she wanted to be a mother so she could kiss all the babies and she was like but you know all these feminists say that she's been brainwashed and it's like well you asked you asked a, her a ridiculous like like you know and like you asked her if she wanted to have a career or children like what you know that's like asking she's four right that's like asking her if she wants ice cream or if she wants to go to law school for four years like what the fuck right she wants ice cream she's four i this is embarrassing now but i wanted to be a cop when i was five for like (sighs) six weeks because cops came and talked at my school no i do still love donuts (laughs) who wouldn't love donuts (laughs) <laughs> I almost so became a cop for the donuts. Come on now. <laughs> when they came out with croissant donuts, I'm like, wait, do cops get those for free? No? Okay, then I don't no. want to be a cop. <laughs> not worth it. I mean, it's not worth it now at all. But because they came to you on a career day, you were like, I want it. Yeah. That, I mean, like, because, you know, if you're a kid and you learn about a job, you kind of want to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean. But my point, my point being that, like, maybe it's not valid. But I also think... I think there's a third category. There's, like, a guy who's, like, generally progressive, but then he'll, like, say one thing that's wrong, but then he'll be like, I have daughters. So I think... Um, so kind of, like, to dig his heels into the ground, he, like, puts his family in front of him to say, I I fucked up, but, but don't be mad, because I have daughters. Right. I remember, like, this is such a, like, small potatoes example, but it's, like, I, I listened to this linguist podcast Mm -hmm. and there was one guy who was just talking about like how much he like hated um oh my god what is it called when you like talk like this like uh, like i talk in general oh vocal fry yeah he was talking about how much he hated vocal fry (laughs) uh but vocal fry uh because you know the kardashians talk like this right but like it like it 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 was sexist. like the point like you can have opinions about vocal fry but like a lot of them are oh women talk like that and yes i don't want to listen you have to yeah a lot of it is like tone policing how women talk how women use their voices right and like at the same time like also if their voices are too high people get upset about that too mm. um but like anyway i just remember in his apology he was like i didn't mean it in a sexist way of course not i have daughters and i was like that doesn't People you don't can have, have to do that. Yeah. Sexist. Like, I don't like. Brett Kavanaugh has daughters. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're just like, you know. The president not... has daughters. We don't know how many because he keeps some of them hidden, but he definitely has daughters. I mean, at least two, even though he doesn't talk to one of them. He does uh, not talk about Tiffany. Where is she? <laughs> she, like, graduated from law school. I was like, I did not know she was in law school. Um, yeah, he asked her four years ago if she'd rather go to law school or eat ice cream and be a mom. And she said, <laughs> law school, obviously. 
Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, were you going to say something? No, 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 go. Uh, since this is a queer horror podcast, I feel like we mm-hmm. can't end before we talk about the, the queerest part of this movie and my favorite okay. part of this movie, Bobby. Okay. When yeah, she sure. shows up in her overalls, dancing through a field, talking about, you know, getting that pharmacy dick. I don't know. She's just talking about weird <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, this is my gal. No. I love this lady. Yeah, no. I feel like she was very queer-coded in that she was just different. Yeah, I can Wore see pants. <laughs> you know, things like that. Well, I mean... But the she has some thing. great moments, like some great like ensembles. I'm sure this was the straight director's idea, but like that scarf that she wore as a top. <laughs> I love it. I love those. I love her outfit choices. Yeah, no, she was she was great, and like I think uh, in a way, like she was like more at peace with her like not wanting to be. Oh yeah, uh, housewife than uh, our and, protagonist. Than Joanna was, yeah. Yeah, she was just like, yeah, you messy kitchen. I love the messy kitchen. I'm not a clean woman. Sorry. Like she, yeah. Well, she refused to apologize ever, and that right. to me made her downfall so sad. Like, I mean, uh, uh, horror movies will often have like a protagonist that's a bit more centered, and then their mm. friend who's way off to one side of the of the spectrum you know, mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on. So, like, they have this character introduced that takes the protagonist's um, differences to mm-hmm. an even higher extreme, but it's often so that we can see that even these strong personalities are no match for the horror of the mm. men's association. And when she starts wearing dresses mm. and saying and cleaning the kitchen, I just... That to me is the I saddest. I mean, the, the cleaning of the kitchen is just so <sighs> sad. And he bought me a new padded bra. Oh yeah, and her and her breasts are different and everything. Although, one thing that I wonder if this the I wonder if this was a directorial choice, and I wonder mm-hmm. what that means if it is. Okay. But, but watching the movie this time. I noticed that oftentimes Catherine Ross, the actress playing the lead, Joanna, would mm-hmm. be walking around brawless, and she was not very top-heavy, and she would often, her, her, her nips would just be hard, like in so many mm-hmm. scenes. And as a gay guy, I never really noticed that, at least not the first couple of times watching the movie, but straight guys watching the movie, how could they not notice a pair of hard <laughs> nips? Because at the end yeah. of the movie... And she's, she's, she's not particularly top heavy, but then she walks into the room and she sees her replacement and the, and you see how beautiful she is and she's brushing her hair. And as soon as she turns around, you see these big robot tits, Mm -hmm. these big double D's. And it's like, wow, is that the first thing Peter asked for? Or the first (laughs) thing Walter, whatever his name is, asked for is like, look, you've watched the movie. You've seen how flat chested my wife is. Can you please... And I think that that preoccupation with women's breasts um, and wanting like a thin woman, but a large, large boobs, big butt has, is reflected in this movie and has been reflected in how men will objectify women for years. Yeah. I mean, it it was interesting because like um, growing up white 
in the 90s like the idea of like okay like in the first scene when he's looking at that other man's wife and then says Mm -hmm. like good job right they like really make a point of like uh her butt as well and i was like oh uh whereas like in my (laughs) sexual awareness there was like you're not supposed to have a butt and then you're supposed to have a huge butt and it was just like interesting yeah. that there was like a sexual where like that that it was different. You weren't back supposed then to have a butt, well. and then suddenly, yeah. what was it? The Kardashians? What What do you think? What do you think I, made I white think people was, suddenly go, "Oh, butts are good"? I think it was like a number of things. I also think uh, Sir Mix so a like, lot. For example, yeah, maybe a little helps. bit. Uh, but like, I also think you know, um, in shoe styles, they'll be like. Uh, thin heel this year, thick heel next year, because they want you to buy, they don't want you to keep your shoes. I'm making an analogy. (laughs) They will actually say that? They won't say that explicitly, but like, if you look at the styles every year, it'll be like, thin heel, thick heel, because they change, that's why they change, so that you can't wear your old shoes because they're out of style. Uh, So they specifically go for like a completely different shape and arch right. and heel. And they, yeah. They and sometimes I think, I think like capitalism is like, okay, we picked a body type for like 10 to 15 years, but we don't want those women to feel too comfortable. So like, let's <sighs> change it up. I do also Ooh, think, that's you sneaky. know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like any, like, I don't think there's like a, I don't think like Jeff Bezos is in a castle, like turning a <laughs> lever being like good, butts. Big butts good. Big butts Big are butts. good this year. <laughs> yeah. Long like, necks bad. Like all, all butts are fine. I just <laughs> all butts are fine. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Unless um, you go to Stepford, then it's a very particular type of butt. Yeah. Housewife exactly. butt. Housewife butt. Um, I've been told I have a housewife butt. I don't know what that means. I neither do I. <laughs> take take that with you. i'm losing my mind oh one last thing when that i that i wanted to bring up was when um that lead guy the lead scientist who works for disney and heads the project of replacing the wives with these with these robots um he like presses a button on his desk that locks the door and i'm like yeah. Didn't Matt Lauer get that installed in his office yeah. in real life? I, I, I had the same thought. I was just like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Remember when that was a, a, a fictitious <laughs> horror narrative? And now it's like, no, the guy who hosted the Today Show for 15 years actually had that installed in his office. Right. What? Who installed yeah. that and was like, this seems reasonable? I mean, probably. Who wants did. to get I up did. from their desk? I, I do think there's also kind of like a an anti-nerd element to this movie. Like there's a lot of like all of the men are like engineers and stuff and they're like <laughs> building like the perfect women. Right, because they're not yeah. manly enough to get Right. Oh, so it's yeah. an attack on their masculinity as well. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that's as reflected in the remake which came out yeah. in 2004. And that cast, like we mentioned, Bette Midler, uh, Nicole Kim and Matthew Broderick, Glenn Close, Christopher Walken, Faith Hill, 
You like, say that. <laughs> for a wildly stacked cast, um, it's a very disappointing movie. Uh, they completely changed the ending, though, to, yeah. be less, to be less bleak, more hopeful. Right. It was also, it, it, was kind, it was very zany, that movie. Very zany Just in movie. general. I think it's possibly because we already knew this, the twist. Like, right. by the time that remake was made, the Stepford wife had come into the public consciousness as a, right. as a you know, as a synonym for housewife. Right. So it had to be zanier so that people right. would want, want to see it, I think. Mm, yeah for sure although nowadays it's like huh, people sure had a lot of hope back in 2004 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's like yeah i mean also that because in that movie like the women it's not just that they like had different interests but they were all like like nicole kidman was ran a network before yeah. she like they just, were they for, were much ser- more serious career women like uh right. Bette midler wrote books and right Nicole Kim worked in television. What did mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, what did her husband even do? He... <laughs> I don't remember. He, I, I do. He, like, worked at the company, but he was, like, below <gasps> her. Ooh. Yeah. And they, and they hired famously short actor Matthew Broderick and put him <laughs> next to Nicole Kidman in a pair of heels, probably. Yeah. I like I mean, that casting because they did want him to be more sympathetic than than right. this Walter from this movie. Well, not to spoil the second movie, but he is more sympathetic. <laughs> I mean, it takes him a second, but eventually he's like, no. <laughs> I guess this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, that right. He's... you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? <laughs> We have covered a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, Justice for Bobby, forever Justice and ever. Justice for Bobby, yeah. That famous scene when she is um, stabbed, and it is mm-hmm. revealed that she does not bleed. There have mm-hmm. been di- there have been discussions of how when Joanna cuts herself on the finger and bleeds, it's like one thing, but then she asks Bobby if she bleeds, and stabs her below the stomach. The apron mm-hmm. is, of course, covering her actual anatomy, but a lot of people have commented on how low that stab wound is and how it's it's quite obviously like a symbolic stab in her, you know, womanhood, right mm-hmm. in her womb or right where women normally are supposed to bleed from at least once a month, you know, the curse of womanhood. So a lot of people have written about right, sorry, a lot of people have written about the uh, parallels between that scene and like women and menstruation and and how often women are equated with their uh, you know their right. anatomy. That's I that's interesting. I don't. I think that it could be intentional. I don't. I don't know. I I didn't. Pick particularly up on see that, it that on way myself. yeah no it's not that i didn't see it that way i didn't pick up on it more oh. i didn't think about it either way um i mean a is... feminist scholar did have to tell me about that to, for me to watch it again and go <laughs> oh yeah but i mean it, it could yeah i could see it um also because it is interesting like in a way you'd think oh you will just marry a, a robot <laughs> but then of course <laughs> you can't get children yeah, you want to so like, you want to marry a woman, then change her once you don't right, like it exactly. anymore. Oh God! 
it's all about like i mean it's it's you know it's a metaphor for changing someone after marriage to fit your needs right which is which is bad don't do that yeah i mean get it out of the way before the wedding or (laughs) or you know people who can't change uh i mean they can i guess i am uh running really low on on battery okay that's no that's totally fine because we are nearing the end of our of our episode length is there any other stepfruity thingamabob that we didn't talk about i mean uh we didn't there's like a whole character that we didn't really talk about who has the tennis courts uh (gasps) oh charmaine charmaine uh played by uh tina louise from gilligan's island oh yeah and uh she was a really interesting character too yeah yeah she was like the first uh known victim because because she mm-hmm. was a tennis master and then suddenly like suddenly she didn't want to play tennis anymore because her husband wanted a pool right and i busy think cleaning and i think in the 70s like women in sports were also becoming more of a thing and right. one of the first ways that men would dismiss women who played sports was by saying that they were too womanly sports are a men's you know type right. of they're a men's deal and playing sports either makes you a man or a lesbian like there's no in between <laughs> like ob- oh she wants to right. hit a tennis ball around right. what's next no. scissoring all of her neighbors <laughs> yeah exactly did you think sure. she did you think uh her giving up her tennis court was the biggest of the red flags <laughs> i mean i mean like the whole thing was a red flag i mean it's also like it is uh sort of uh, maybe like a classic white feminist problem to be like and my tennis court yes you are my, right my tennis court has been turned <laughs> into a swimming pool <laughs> uh, when we could have just had both but like when they have the whole like women's consciousness raising thing yeah I, I don't, they have a meeting with like both women from who, who are Stafford wives and women who and are, women about who are to not become stepford wives and she's talking about this woman charmaine is talking about how she doesn't think her husband ever loved her she was just like yeah she's talking about some real shit yeah and then other people are like i really like cooking spray cooking spray (laughs) i've been trying to use cooking spray but (laughs) she's like i don't think i don't think i'm in love anymore and people are like have you tried my brownies (laughs) yeah it's very yeah. much like women's uh, men feeling like the problems of the women in their life should be minimized because mm-hmm. their problems should only, you know, reflect on the problems of the husband of the household. Right. It's like when Even one then, of the, Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Household household problems are like also seen as like lesser, right? Like if a woman does care about her brownie recipe or something, it's like somehow like Aww. so much less legitimate than like caring about your golf game or something yeah. when they're or even like your career like a woman being right. like i want to because joanna throughout the course of the movie starts becoming a more successful photographer by taking mm-hmm. photographs in suburbia and mm-hmm. she starts stoking her creative uh talents more and says mm-hmm. and i really re- and i this really stuck with me saying i just want to be remembered Mm. like she wants this career she wants 
artistic output to leave behind because she doesn't want to be remembered as so-and-so's husband. Right. And, and then she chooses her maiden name. Yes, yes. Was, wow, that to me. Yeah. I just want people to be like, oh, that looks like a Joanna and, Ingalls. A Joanna Ingalls instead of a Joanna Eberhardt. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> leave your mark. Yes. Why did we, why did we give up maiden names? I mean... Yeah. I'm not changing I mean, my name. <laughs> when you get gay married, you're like, well, the whole idea of changing our name just seems silly now. It seems like so much paperwork right, more than like, anything else. It's you a know. bother. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've only been able to do this for the last five years, and now we have to change <laughs> our name, too? Okay. <laughs> That's enough assimilation for one decade. Thank you. <laughs> Ariel, <laughs> you have been a delight. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, of course. Uh, how can people uh, find you on inter the interwebs? I, uh, I'm the only Ariel Dundas, uh, so you can, <laughs> I did something cute with my hands that yes, nobody else did. Sorry, <laughs> podcast, <laughs> visual, right. <laughs> no, I mean, it's my fault. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so it's A-R-I-E-L-L-E-D-U-N-D-A-S. And I'm, uh, I think I technically have a Facebook page, but I don't update it. But I have a a, a Twitter page, uh, a Twitter profile. A Twitter profile, Instagram. Instagram. Are they both Uh, Ariel Dundas? Yes. uh, Just just at Ariel Dundas. Um, Are you on TikTok? I saw a TikTok. I'm not. (laughs) Not? No. Oh, that was an Instagram story. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was like a, I make, um, I have issues uh, maybe with the, the government of China, so I didn't <sighs> download, no, I mean, I keep saying issues with the government of China, like they Yeah, they've, they've reached out to you and they're like, can you please stop using TikTok? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we but want, I'm we not want not some not people on Instagram's reels, so yeah. we're going to, we're going to send you over to that department. <laughs> Well, that's 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 where you can find me. I'm, awesome. I'm still sort of exploring what uh, is worthwhile, but you can. Difficult times. We must explore yeah. all channels, including exactly podcasts. Oh, sign me up. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else uh, 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 you want to say or you want to plug? Are you doing any shows that are coming up or any dates or anything like that? Nothing in particular. I think. Uh, watch my Twitter because I might be announcing something, but I oh, haven't cool. decided what it is. There's Absolutely. a couple of options. There's some things in the works, so you know, watch yes. the space. Yes, watch exactly. This Twitter. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, thank you so, so Thanks. much. And uh, if you liked this podcast, you can like it and subscribe it. Uh, it's called The Gag, a spoopcast, and it can be found on almost any uh, podcast platform if there is one that it's not on please tell me and I'll try and get it on there Um, you can leave it five stars you can leave a review you can visit my patreon at www.patreon.com slash gagpod that's www.patreon.com slash gagpod and you can also follow me at Joshua Simon says but of course you already follow me so go to Ariel's page and follow (laughs) her instead that's at Ariel Dundas Ariel not um not spelled like the mermaid spelled the french way and yeah. <laughs> and then dundas d-u-n-d-a-s yeah and thank you so much do you want to help me say goodbye to the gremlins goodbye gremlins bye gremlins we love you <laughs>